0: Welcome to Deeper Dive. My name is Dawn and yes, Joe is still not available, but he's getting stronger every day and he says thank you for all the prayers. He's on the road to recovery and he's looking really good too. So just keep him in prayer and hopefully we'll be able to see him real soon. This podcast is presented to you by plantation sda church we are in season three episode four and today we have pastor gervon marsh welcome pastor marsh how are you
1: I am good doing i'm here representing jay wall <laughs> <laughs> that's not possible
0: mm, i'm sorry that's no true. no that's no true,
1: <laughs> i'm good just want to give a shout out to jay we miss him jay yeah. We're, mm. we're rooting for you. We know you're recovering. So God bless uh, you in your recovery.
0: Amen. Amen. Okay. So before we get into this podcast, let's have a word of prayer. Sure. Loving Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity just to dive deeper into your word. We thank you for the way that you continue to be in our hearts and our mind and how you're able just to expound the word and help us to see so much more every time we read it so be with us now as we look into everything that you pastor marsh has talked about that you spoke to pastor marsh to tell us and help us just to be able to come closer to you we pray in jesus name amen Amen. 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 two men went to pray of all the things in the bible that talk about prayer why would you choose this
1: Uh, of all the things in the bible that talks about prayer well um as preachers one of the things that we love to do is to preach the narratives of scripture mm-hmm. and narratives are 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 what do we say they they have a punchline they make mm-hmm. a point mm-hmm. and so it's always a joy to preach a narrative and um i couldn't i was literally drawn to this text when i saw what it was about you know Mm -hmm. it's about prayer and two men who went to pray and I'm like what is this about Mm -hmm. so instead of you know telling people or pray is this 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 based on this 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 or doing it say in a topical way Mm -hmm. yeah I was drawn to that narrative to talk about prayer and to talk about prayer from the perspective of two people's lives Mm -hmm. and their Mm -hmm. prayer experience Mm
0: -hmm. at the beginning you were talking about prayer defining prayer how prayer is power prayer is the breath of the soul you had quite a few um, quotes from Ellen White prayer should be as natural as breathing do you think within our church we look at it that way or do we just think well prayer is just something that we're going to do because we're in a bind or we need help right now
1: unfortunately we treat prayer like or spare tires in our cars or like the national anthem at a sport game so how many of us you know what as i'm thinking about it i don't even know if there's air in the spare tire in my car (laughs) no i'm serious and the only time i worry about that is if i have a flat puncture Mm -hmm. yeah and Mm -hmm. look at the the national anthem at a football game we use it to begin, but who cares about it? Everybody just wants to get to the game. Get to game. So unfortunately, we treat prayer like that, where it's only in case of emergency or mm. only if I are desperately need it.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: no, um, in a world of sin, and what is amazing is this. As you read the Bible, I was reading the book of Luke this week, and um, I saw something. I've read that text many times, but I've made a practice to find specifically in the Gospels every time it talks about Jesus's prayer life. Mm -hmm. And Luke has multiple statements about the life, the prayer life of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And Ellen White says it where she says that if Jesus, who never sinned, saw prayer as such a necessity, and what about us who are feeble and mortal and always failing, Mm -hmm. we definitely need prayer. Yeah. So, prayer is that sustaining power. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a contradiction to say that you're a Christian who doesn't pray. <laughs> you know, that's, that's an anomaly. you like, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a doctor who doesn't know how to treat people, April. or, you know, mm. yeah, a pilot mm. who they tell you the pilot, but he can fly, or, you know, mm-hmm. you get the idea. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. How do you have a Christian? That doesn't pray. Doesn't
2: pray.
0: Mm. No. Mm. I noticed that when you went through um Luke 18, 9 to 14, you broke down piece by piece. And the very first piece that you broke down was going to the temple to pray. Yes. Why did you highlight that section?
1: Again, uh that highlights, that was highlighted to highlight the importance of prayer. You know, I grew up in a um in a a church where i saw as a boy all the ladies when they came to church the first thing they did as they entered was to if they could kneel they would kneel Mm -hmm. or they would sit and they would pray (laughs) Mm -hmm. because they understood that you know we're coming into the house of god into the presence of god Mm -hmm. and um the bible was very specific you know that's what they went there to do and a few chapters before Jesus made it clear that his house is a house of prayer Mm -hmm. you know this is where we connect with God Mm -hmm. and we must emphasize that because church has become commercialized in many Mm -hmm. respects so people Mm -hmm. come to church because they like the praise and worship Mm -hmm. people come to church because the pastor is cool Mm -hmm. people come to church because you know their friends are there or this or that but that's really not the purpose of church Mm -hmm. that's not the purpose um our priority when we come there is to do so with prayer. And you know what's fascinating? It also suggests that, and we 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 must be mindful about how we come into the presence of God. Because mm-hmm. if it is a house of prayer, when you're praying with God, you're not frivolous. You're not uh, loose or carry yourself however you want. Mm-hmm. You are very you know reverent and that mm-hmm. if you read the bible you'll notice the men who pray before god they do so with reverence and that's mm-hmm. why sometimes they bow uh or, or fall prostrate Prustrate. whatever the case is mm-hmm. and i was smiling because uh, as i as, as I'm, I'm here smiling because i remember a few years ago i was in istanbul
2: mm-hmm.
1: in turkey and we went to the blue mosque i think it is or something like that I don't remember which one, but right there in Turkey, there are the two, yeah, yeah, you have Hagia Sophia, Hagia Sophia which is um, like a museum, but then there's this blue mosque, which is also a museum, but they still think do pray there. And um, I had on a short, I had on a short, <laughs> and um, <laughs> mm. I'm walking up in this line ready to go inside and like, uh-uh, whoa, whoa, where are you going? I'm like, what's mm. wrong? They're like, no, 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 you can't go in there like that. And That's they gave right. me a... Uh, uh, <laughs> It's not a towel, but they wrapped it around. Basically, it was a skirt. So everybody started laughing at me and taking pictures of me in the skirt. (laughs) But I I smile to myself because I'm saying, if they have such a perspective of their house of prayer Mm -hmm. or their worship, why do we believe that it's okay as Christians to just treat God's house however we want? Very frivolously and very, you know, it's like, Mm. it's almost like a theater sometimes and even yeah. in theaters actually people have more respect because, respect
0: for them there yeah. exactly
1: because you you from yeah. my understanding you can't be in there on your phone talking or anything like that they could kick mm. you out mm-hmm. so this place which is sacred which is a place of prayer why do we treat it like that yeah. our first priority when we come to church is to do so with reverence because we're coming to god's house which is a house of prayer
0: It's so very interesting that you're saying that because I remember like even with the adventurers, I tell them, you know, no running, no running, walk slowly and all that kind of thing. But when we think about before the pandemic and we went to church, we just went into church. We just go in there. Oh, hi, how are you doing? How's it? Happy Sabbath. Sometimes it's a
1: marketplace.
0: It becomes a marketplace. So My question now to you is how do we change the narrative there? How do we make it something that's more reverent that like a little old lady, we will go in there we will be more reverent and want to sit down and Mm -hmm. be really close to God. Because right now I can
1: tell that, you know, you
0: go to churches, it's, it's, you don't speak any differently in the sanctuary than you do when you're outside Outside of the sanctuary.
1: sanctuary. Exactly. Exactly. And again, i marvel because i'm telling you this i went to the courthouse in miami recently
0: mm.
1: no, not because i was in trouble or that.
0: <laughs> the pastor is in trouble, trouble everybody
1: <laughs> and listen even in the courthouse mm. there they have specific guidelines you yep. can speak out of terms you mm. can even dress however you mm. want or anything mm-hmm. like that so i believe we need to start in our homes we need to start in our homes you know it is amazing um I, I watch my little daughter, for example, when we have worship um, and we, we, we say, you know, it's time to pray or anything like that. She will quickly, you know, do her prayer and mm-hmm. everything like mm-hmm. that. And the reason is because we're trying to instill that in her. And when you go to the church, we're like, mm-hmm. no, you can't, you know, run around. So I think it starts in the homes. Mm-hmm. And then when we come to church, we reinforce that through the study of God's word and through preaching, because... Mm-hmm. God's house is still a house of prayer. It's Mm. not a club. It's not a theater. It's not a marketplace or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And prayer, if it is a reverent, uh, 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 if we should have rather reverent approach, then even especially when we're in God's house, Mm -hmm. that should be evident. That Mm -hmm. should be evident. So we need to start in the home and through preaching and through teaching, we reinforce that in the church. And we're not being, we're not being, um legalists are ridiculous and i want to make that very clear now here i say why jesus literally threw some people out of the church yes because they had turned it into what it was not supposed to be Mm -hmm. and we fool ourselves as we think that we can make the same mistakes Mm -hmm. and jesus was very clear this is my father's house Mm -hmm. it's the house of prayer why what are you doing yeah, yeah, and we yeah, have yeah. to be bold enough to reach a place where if things have deteriorated, we address it because God's house is a house of prayer. And Jesus didn't scourge him out of there just because, you know, he was mad. It was mm. literally righteous indignation. Mm. And, um, yeah, we yeah we, we, we need to be bold, you know, righteous boldness, righteous boldness for Jesus because... A lot of things have just shifted and not necessarily Hmm. in the right way.
0: So what would you tell someone who is newly baptized coming into the church and coming to service, doesn't know, not born and raised, doesn't know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the way the traditions are. They just come in and they just act normal. What would you tell them?
1: I think part of the issue is this. um, We have to provide opportunities or yeah, opportunities where we teach our new members, um, what are the biblical expectations? Because mm. it's not even so much a Seventh Day Adventist expectation; it's what the Bible says. It's mm. what the Bible says, and we try to uphold and insist on that. So I think opportunities like that need to be provided. So if we have, say, a a, new, a class for new members, mm-hmm. our new members class, mm-hmm. things like that, we address there, right. and we reinforce it in other ways. Because again. If you're coming out of a situation where you had no idea, it should be evident um, how you do things. Let me show you something. If you go to an Apple store, you will notice, for example, that they have a certain way of doing things. Number one, everyone is dressed a certain way Mm -hmm. and they have a process and a procedure. Mm -hmm. And people don't, these workers don't just do their own thing. No, they have a process. They have a way, they have a method. In other words, they have a certain culture or way of doing things. And you're not going to get away from that, not even in the church. And so Mm. what we are insisting on is that we help people to understand the biblical demands Mm. and the biblical culture for our lives. Mm. And we provide opportunities to teach them this. In one church that we were at, we taught people, for example, how to keep the Sabbath. Because we're not Mm. taking it for granted that once you got baptized, especially if you have no background in keeping the Sabbath, that you know how to do that. Mm. So we went through that. We provided... Um, specific guidelines and, and, and show them from the Bible what God is expecting of us. So in a similar way, we can teach as is pertaining to prayer like that.
0: Okay, so what would you say when this new believer says, well, you're telling me this, but I have seen XYZ happening from mm-hmm. the members. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah, norm yeah. in this church. That's why I came here.
1: Yeah. And you're not gonna get away from that. Jesus himself even said to some people, you know, do what they they say, not what they do, because a lot of times we may even say what is expected, mm. but then the behavior doesn't support it as in general. And so, yeah, when Jesus comes, he's not gonna ask me if I um if I I I listen to. You know, on so much as if I knew what was right and whether or not I did it, or if I followed this person. So if we know right, we want to do it mm-hmm. and exemplify it for others. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, even in the church, you're not going to find that people, everyone at least, um, accept and live up to the biblical demands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jesus had 12 disciples, and one was a devil, he was a mm-hmm. thief. so mm-hmm. not even among mm-hmm. Jesus. So not even in the church. And it's a real concern, by the way. Mm. But I think people ought to understand that the church is not heaven. It's not a perfect place. Mm. And that's why I may, you may come to it. I made the point, if you notice, the folks who came to church.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was actually what I was going to lead into now. Church for all people. Yeah. Why is so, church a church for all people?
1: Church is a place for all people because if you read the book of Isaiah, for example, it talks about the temple and the purpose of the temple. Many times in the Old Testament alludes to how the nations shall come to. You see, the church is supposed to be a light and salt, as the Bible says. Mm -hmm. And the difference or the way God is making a difference in the church and in the lives of those who are in the church should be so attractive to those who are without that they would want to come and find out Mm what's going on. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so the fact is those who come will not always be who we expect or operate how we expect or do what we expect. But Mm. we ought to be mindful that ultimately if they're coming to church, it's not so much to seek us as it is to seek God because sometimes God will drive people to the church through his Holy Spirit. Send them there, mm. yes. and um, if he does, mm. our responsibility is to do all we can to introduce them to Jesus. Right to introduce them to Jesus. So we need, um, we need to be welcoming because Jesus still loves sinners. Mm. And I think that's the important thing. If you read the Bible, Jesus was often accused of eating with with sinners, um,
2: sinners. <laughs> mm. you
1: know what fascinates me about that is that there was actually a category of people back then you know that I refer to as sinners you know? Sinners, right <laughs>
2: crazy and
1: Jesus was bold enough to go eat with sinners I'm mm. like come on but th- th- the point that I'm making is this. Jesus loves sinners and as his representatives on earth when people come to us and especially at church we should welcome them and do all we can to lead them to jesus christ Mm -hmm. and by the way if we are truthful many of us who are christians will admit that on our christian pathway we are not where we may need to be you know Mm. so you're in the church for 50 years but have you really been living up to the demands of god's work so on the spectrum of you know growth in grace or we call it sanctification we all are at different levels. Mm-hmm. And if someone comes in who is not where we expect them to be, we ought to welcome them. We ought to welcome them. And um, people know and understand that the church has a purpose uh, to save souls. Mm-hmm. I've seen drunkards come to church. I've seen and why, a drunk man. Why is he coming to church? You know, all the places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes, But they know that this is where God resides, so to speak, to speak. and where yeah. his people are. So sometimes the Spirit leads them there. And we have to be willing. The church is not made only for saints. It's, it's not. It's, it's not. And most saints were once sinners. Yes. So we must be willing to reach out and welcome sinners and lead them to Jesus Christ.
0: Mm -hmm. why do you think there was a distinction between the Pharisee and the tax collector
1: yeah 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 I think as a part of the plot that was necessary because what it's showing you is how how far removed they were Mm -hmm. you know you have one at either end of the spectrum you know not even close not even close they're like so far apart so far apart and what's interesting Both of them had the opportunity to leave church better than they came or to be justified. Right, But only one left that way, which suggests, as I said in the sermon, salvation is for everyone. Mm
2: -hmm. If
1: I'm a saint, salvation is for me. If I'm a sinner, salvation is for me. And we each have to respond appropriately. Mm -hmm. And it's showing you that it doesn't matter how bad you are. There is hope.
2: Mm -hmm. There
1: is hope. There is hope. But again, the parable began by saying that some trusted in themselves. So mm-hmm. already you're getting, it's setting you up to realize that once people trust in themselves, they're going to do certain things. And the text never says this, but they lose out on certain benefits. Because if you left church and you're not justified, it means that you have not experienced salvation. Mm. So what was available, only one really received it. And that was the one who was that the, you know, the left end of the spectrum, he was just a sinner, a sinner, a sinner. So. Hmm.
0: You're saying um, the idea of coming to church, you're supposed to, when you come there, you are supposed to gain some kind of knowledge that helps you to understand, you know what, God, I need to work on this or work on that when let's think about it realistically everybody comes to church and we go through the motions you said something about our preachers are not supposed to be our cheerleaders we just go there because hey this is a good preacher over here so let's go Mm -hmm. over here um the praise as you said before praise and worship is excellent on this one let's go over here is there anything wrong with wanting to hear those things exclusively is there a danger that we just go to church just for that stuff, or do we really need to take church um, seriously enough that when we're going, we're going to hear God's word specifically to us?
1: Yeah. So the 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 that's a very interesting question. Very interesting question. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm laughing because Jay Wall would say, um, "You gave Is it a beautiful word." Question, a, a beautiful word. <laughs> <one, yeah. laughs>
2: yeah Yeah,
1: (laughs) um now in the human experience the human experience is multifaceted because we're made up of this the the emotional the physical the Mm -hmm. social the spiritual so church does not disregard that under no circumstance Mm. there is a social aspect of being in church Mm -hmm. there is an emotional aspect of being Mm in church because Mm -hmm. you know I'm telling you, I've heard music that um, yeah. I don't want to admit, but almost made me cry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've listened mm. to sermons that really tugged to my heart. So there mm. is an emotional aspect. Mm. What needs to happen, however, is this. Um, and this is a pet peeve of mine because look at this. I notice a lot of times in church, for example, the praise and worship team spends hours preparing Mm-hmm. Um we make sure everything in the service is like super clean and mm-hmm. on point mm-hmm. and all of that mm-hmm. and you can say man the praise and worship was good man the children's story this and that mm-hmm. and then you come to the word and it's like what just happened you know there's nothing yeah. there in mm-hmm. terms of helping me with growth and grace nothing mm-hmm. And I, I, I I often I'm thinking about an idea that I plan to write on because if you're noticing Anglican churches and most Catholic churches, or some Mm -hmm. people may not know um, Anglican—that's British Church of England. I I know
0: I call it Church of England. I know Church of England. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: or I think Presbyterian. (laughs) The lectern or where they preach from is not center; it's high onto the side. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and and. Don't be mistaken about that design. There's a theology behind the architecture, you know? Um, and and they've basically shifted the word away from the center. And now in our churches, what you find is that um, most churches, now you go, what you see there at the center is a band.
2: Mm. I don't know if you've noticed,
1: most churches you see center is a band. And yes, the preacher will come and stand and preach eventually, but you don't have the traditional lecterns or pulpit no, or anything like that. You don't, but, no, you but, but you find that a lot of times the praise and worship, even if it's not your genre, is way better than the preaching. Hmm. So when I come to church, I want to know that I am being fed. I'm the one to know that the word, because it is a word, it's a word that's a lamp and a light to my feet. Mm -hmm. yes i love a good praise and worship experience and all of these things but i believe the word needs to be center and central shouldn't Mm -hmm. be shifted to the side or replaced by anything else that should be center because it is as we apply the biblical demands to our lives Mm -hmm. that we're going to experience transformation Mm
2: -hmm. so the word
1: the word and you'll hear me say that down the word Mm -hmm. and that's why yeah uh, um (laughs) We, we want to emphasize that because we didn't come to church. And by the way, notice, this parable focuses primarily on prayer and its importance church churches. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that that ought to be a, a central part of worship. And typically in any church I work in, I try to emphasize three things. It's prayer, praise, and preaching. So you have prayer, you have praise because that's important, but you also have preaching and that must be center. And I find it amazing that in some churches, we give more time to praise and worship than even the Mm -hmm. word. We give more time to to everything else than even the word. Mm -hmm. Listen, I can listen to a good praise and worship in my car. And Mm -hmm. I guess I can do that to the, to the, for a sermon as well. But when we come to church, the word must take center stage. It must Mm -hmm. be central must be mm-hmm. central and we must and by the way pardon me I'm, i know i'm talking a lot but i gotta That's say okay. this That's let okay. me tell you something things have shifted <laughs> so much where look at this nobody even walked with a bible a physical bible no any-
0: <laughs> no no <laughs> i know mm-hmm.
1: and i i know some people will tell me i'm being nit- nitpicking at foolishness but no mm. i make sure i have my bible when i'm preaching i want my bible I want my Bible. I'm preaching there my Bible. I want it to be seen that you know the word,
2: mm. the
1: word, because I can have I have a gadget with everything else on it and all that, but I want the word. Kids don't even come to church with their Bibles no, no more. Adults yeah. don't come to church with their Bibles no more. So mm. we things have shifted. And yes, you may have it on your phone and all of that, but yes, at the same time, we get distracted in so many other ways too, we'll by the, mm. the gadgets and all of that. So mm. the word, the word, the word, the word must be center and central.
0: Wow. Talking about the prayer, you said people tell lies in their prayers. (laughs) I heard you say it. I'm like, really? (laughs) What did you mean Uh, by that? Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's a beautiful question. There you go. I like that one. (laughs) Um, You know, as I'm reading the text and I'm looking at this, I'm amazed. So first thing, the Bible says, whatever is not of faith is sin. Mm-hmm. And the Bible makes it clear that um, if it's not a faith, it's a sin. And the Bible also says that our prayers can be um, iniquity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Mm-hmm. So it suggests that not every prayer is acceptable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if your prison is iniquity, it's almost tantamount to a lie. And mm-hmm. That's what a lie is, and it's the opposite of faith. This man is basically telling God, I am more acceptable to you than this man. Why? Because of my virtues. I am way more righteous. And notice, I, 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 it's me. So I am righteous, and you need to accept me and exclude him. Hmm. Imagine if God's grace operated like that. Oh, Oh. And that's a big Mm -hmm. lie. Imagine.
2: -hmm.
1: And then, what amazes me, you know, and I should have said it in the sermon, is this: if I were in church and I heard somebody praying like that, oh, there's going to be a fight.
2: (laughs) (laughs) In the, you know, we are exactly in the sanctuary.
1: (laughs) Or we get up and we leave, and we're like, I can't believe he just said that about me, Uh calling me names, and all of that. Uh Uh You know. But the point is this: what he did was just so outrageous. God. You better accept me, because look at me. (laughs) Hey, I'm all that and more. Mm
2: -hmm. Nothing
1: is more untruth than that. And what we're getting at is this. We we are suggesting, therefore, that when we pray, we pray in faith, because the Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. Mm -hmm. And not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. So we're praying, understanding that, it is not because of any merits of our own all right mm-hmm. so we don't come to god listing our virtues or magnifying how awesome we are no that's not that's not appropriate that right. is a lie that is unacceptable right. 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 and right. if we're praying the other thing is this we must be careful to speak the wants of the heart so if i know that I am burdened about, you know, my my finances or whatever the case is Don't come to God trying to impress him with everything that is not relevant to your life. Mm -hmm. Talk to God about the things that really matter. Mm -hmm. And again, in a public setting like this, if it's about display, if it's about demonstrating how scholarly we are, Mm -hmm. it's a lie. Hmm. And it's not acceptable to God. It becomes a, an abomination. Mm. And the Bible says lying lips are an abomination. abomination.
2: Mm. So,
1: yeah, I, and, 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 I, I, and, I made that point because I want us to understand that God wants us to be authentic in mm-hmm. our conversations with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. God wants us to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Don't come with this fake stuff and, you know, talking all sorts of stuff like you try and especially when we're praying in public i and i will be honest you know especially having grown up in the church who doesn't want to pray and the church is impressed you want the church of course to be impressed you know and all of that but Mm. no be be honest with god be authentic with god Mm. be true with god
0: do you think that that happens because we don't have our own relationship with god So we have to impress when we go up there and we have to do the flowery words and we have to make the prayer sound absolutely amazing. Is our relationship with God not really there?
1: Well, if we look at the situation with this man, clearly Mm -hmm. so, because Mm -hmm. you would think that he had a relationship with God in light of all the things he did. I fast twice a week. Mm. I give tithes of all that I possess. Mm. I do this and I do that. Mm. But it seemed to me like that was a one-sided relationship, which suggests that even in our Christianity, it possibly we can have this relationship with ourselves because that was all about (laughs) self. Yes. That was all about self. So it's, it's, it's possible, yeah.
0: So we look at the other one, the tax collector, and the way that he prayed. Very vulnerable. very vulnerable is vulnerable vulnerability an asset that we should have within our church
1: <laughs> no 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 you can't ask me that one <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Why>? <laughs>
1: well let me let me here's why i mm-hmm. say that here's why i say that
2: mm-hmm.
1: we live in a time and an age where people are all about vulnerability and um you know people say you must be your authentic self etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but I believe that there's something that are only for the ears of God. That's just my personal belief. That's true. Um, I'm not going to come on the pulpit and tell nobody my sins. And -hmm. I don't want you to go up there and do the same either. Mm -hmm. I believe that there are appropriate ways to be vulnerable. And the best person to be vulnerable with is God,
2: Mm -hmm. with God.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, notice the man, the Bible says he wouldn't, he stood afar off. wouldn't even come close and smote his breast and said god Mm -hmm. be merciful to me a sinner and he didn't specify exactly what he did but i guess being a tax collector you could say it was a thief but maybe there was some other burden we don't know right but we must learn to be vulnerable with god the problem with human beings is this um And I'm not saying this is the case for everyone because I think there are appropriate ways, again, to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling, for example, with some issue or anything like that and you need help, Mm -hmm. you know, find the appropriate people to help you with it. Your professional counselors and stuff like that you can be vulnerable with. Right. Um, So. (sighs) And please, I don't want anyone to misunderstand me, but. We are not designed to be the garbage truck for people's issues. Mm. And I want to clarify what I mean by (laughs) that. Please do. Yeah, Mm. I want to clarify what I mean by Mm. that. Um, So when people are dealing with issues and especially if it's of a certain nature, Mm -hmm. we need to be careful because words have impact. Absolutely. See, once those words leave, they impact you, the speaker, And they impact the listener. Mm -hmm. So if, for example, you hear that I um I come and make some confession, oh man, you know, I've been a thief for many years. Now I've stolen (laughs) all this money and all of that. And I what good does that do to you? Really? Right. You know, um, and if every time I well, let's say it was one on one. Every time I steal something, I come and tell you, and I come Mm -hmm. and tell you, and I come. What good does that do to you, really? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I'm literally dumping my garbage. And again, yeah. there are times, I'm not saying that we shouldn't find appropriate ways to be vulnerable. If someone mm. needs help and they come and talk to us, yes. Mm. Um, but there's a new norm where people just believe that we must just tell all, tell however, and just be vulnerable, whatever the case mm. is. I don't necessarily subscribe to that view. And mm. then there's another issue too here is it we don't believe that we confess our sins to a priest
0: right
1: and one of the things that is for real what, what has been proven is that confessionals have not helped a lot of um <laughs> no. of priests no, they haven't. and some of them have even used it to take advantage of so individuals because yeah. once yeah. i know your vulnerability mm. you become vulnerable to me and i can pray on you
2: yeah, yeah. And that's
1: yeah. the other point. When we tell our vulnerability to people, we have to be careful. And that's why make sure we, you know, talk to God, talk to mm. God mm. and find appropriate ways to talk to others because mm. yeah, it's 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 um it's it's very important that we understand the power of words.
0: The power very of important. words. Yeah. So we just had communion. We asked to do testimonies. Do you think that being vulnerable to tell your testimony is something that we need to be careful of?
1: Yes, because testimony is not about a number of things, it's not about grandstanding like this guy. Right. And it's not about right. it's not about revealing the dark secrets of our lives or anything like that. Mm-hmm. A testimony is designed to demonstrate how God, God has is. manifested his power in our lives. Correct. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's not about coming up there to, you know, I, I don't subscribe to that notion. I, mm-hmm. and I know others will disagree and that's fine, mm-hmm. but the testimony is about God's power mm-hmm. in our lives mm-hmm. and we must magnify God's power. A lot of times in testimony services, we magnify our failures or faults our sins and all of that. And then we just attach at the end. Oh, but God help you don't know. Mm. We focus on Mm. God's power and on his goodness.
0: The weakest saint on their knees is terrifying to the enemy.
1: Amen. Why is the
0: weakest saint terrifying to the enemy?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Satan understands more than possibly we do. Some of us do the power of prayer. Mm. You see, if prayer is power that connects us with heaven, then he doesn't want us to pray. And again, I reference the prayer life of Jesus. Yeah. Jesus never sinned, mm. but he spent entire nights, nights in, prayer. in prayer. Right. And as you yeah. study for example the book of Luke, you will find that even as he made certain key decisions. I was reading Luke this morning and right before he called the 12 disciples, the Bible says he spent the entire okay. night in prayer. prayer. Mm-hmm. So as he's making major decisions, mm-hmm. And this is a God of heaven. This is mm-hmm. Jesus who knows the end from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But he still spends time in prayer. Mm. And if Jesus who has never sinned, can do that. We need to do it. And the devil knows well that when we do that, we are no, he's no match for us. And it's not even so much for us, but because of our connection with heaven.
2: yeah,
1: Because of a yeah. connection with heaven.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. So what would you we're wrapping up now it's the end of the month you did the last sermon for the month and the theme was prayer how can we have better prayer lives i mean we're in january going into february how can we have better prayer lives do we just have to get up in the morning say um, a little quick prayer before we rush out the door or are we supposed to spend time with god talking to him and listening to his voice and how, how do we do that practically
1: though? Right. Um, we do that by prioritizing prayer and being intentional about it. Daniel, for example, the Bible said he prayed three times okay. a day. Mm-hmm. So he had specific, at a specific place and he had a specific time when he prayed. Yeah. Um, um, Jesus, this was a priority. You would spend nights in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um uh so we 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 do that additionally we say pray is the breath of the soul Mm. this does not mean that we're always on our knees Mm. but we're constantly talking to God Mm -hmm. we're constantly thinking to God you know one of the things I do you know any I I and it never I I don't know that it never fails but I don't think it ever fails but especially when I'm in meetings and you have major decisions or anything like that to make or anything Mm. like that Mm -hmm. I'm praying in my mind I'm like God grant me your spirit. Please grant me your spirit. You know, um, making sure that throughout the day we're talking with God, because that's what prayer is, a conversation with God, talking with him. There are times when I'm here doing stuff and I'm like, "Why, oh God, <laughs> and I just pause to talk with him. Mm-hmm. You know, you develop that I guess some people might think I'm talking to myself. I'm not. I'm talking to I'm talking to God. If I verbalize it, I'm talking mm, to God. But mm. we make that a priority. Practical ways we can do that. And you know what's amazing? Here's one suggestion. If we would treat God like how we treat our cell phones, then we'd really know how to pray. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, always in our hand. We always picking it, it up. We're doing, you know, or something like that.
2: Yeah, wow. that, that's the point.
1: If we treat God like how we treat our cell phones, man, it would be amazing. But find a specific time, set aside specific times for prayer. Do that individually and in your family. And that's one of the things that amazes me that most Christian families, we don't pray together. So do that individually Mm -hmm. and do that as a family. Develop the habit of talking to God throughout the day. Mm -hmm. You know, just talk to God, talk to God. It's not like you have to do it, say, all right, I have, well, you can do that. I have my specific times of prayer. But throughout the day, talk to God, make it a habit to go to him, especially when we have problems. Mm -hmm. Don't necessarily try to just fix it ourselves. And when it doesn't work out, then I go to God. No, any challenge, God, I have this challenge. Mm -hmm. I need your help. Mm -hmm. And I'm depending on you to see me through
2: and Mm -hmm. talk
1: to God. And I think those are some of the ways that we can make it as practical as possible. Another thing what I would suggest to is pray the scriptures. Pray the scriptures. Yeah. Um, it's good if we commit. You know, let's say we commit just one passage. Let's say so if over a lifetime we commit one passage per month to memory and pray that. There's a passage of scripture that I love so much, where it says, "Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, listen to what mm. it says. In everything through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God." Right. Mm. When I, having committed that to memory, I pray that especially if I find myself in anxious situations. Mm. So you can pray the promises of God's word. Well, you have to read it, of course, and yes. study it so you can pray those. That's one of the ways we can make it practical as well.
0: Okay. Okay. Wonderful. All right, Pastor Marsh. Thank you so much for your insight into a um, very powerful sermon that you had and helping us God to understand heard. a little bit more about prayer. How do we make that practical? And understanding the different facets that are involved. If you'd like to listen to more of Pastor Marsh's full sermon, you can go to Plantation SDA Church YouTube channel or PlantationSDA.tv. Pastor Marsh, can you pray us out, please?
2: Sure. sure. Mm.
1: Father, we just spent time talking together about the importance of prayer. Mm. And we ask that prayer will become an integral part of all our lives. Our listeners are for Dawn, for me, and for all those who are involved in the work of ministry of the Plantation Church and beyond. Mm -hmm. And that we will have such a connection with heaven where in all of life's circumstances, it will be natural for us to turn to you and to do so in prayer. Mm -hmm. We pray, God, that we will experience that faith, which is victory, especially as we grow in our prayer lives. Thank you for this podcast, Deeper Dive. And may someone be blessed and be transformed by this po- podcast to, uh, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: Amen. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to be notified of all our live streams and programs and also subscribe to Plantation SDA Church on your favorite podcast app. And we have just a few birthdays. Um, Coming up for February 1st, we have Brianna Corwood and LaToya Malone. On February 2nd, we have Kaylee Blanchard and Kishore Dalton. And on February 4th, we have Basil Cheddar. So happy birthday to all our celebrants. And we hope you all have a wonderful day. And as you go through today, just remember the importance of prayer in your life. You can talk to God all day long. So just remember that as you go through this day, and the rest of your week. Have a wonderful time. Take care, bye.